welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and thank you to everyone who has shared the podcast on Facebook and Instagram left reviews on iTunes and just given me such beautiful and positive feedback. Thank you so much. And for everyone who's just recently subscribed to my YouTube channel where I share some other videos, uh, full moon and new moon meditations and astrology. So for everyone who's subscribed to my YouTube channel, for everyone who's shared and left reviews, I always do oracle card readings so do reach out to me if you haven't gotten that yet and I'm so excited about this week's episode this guest is so amazing I listen to her daily her name is Gaia Sanskrit she's a beautiful singer and she holds a degree in Sanskrit from the University of Oxford where she also uh, has had a singing scholarship And since her university time, she loved combining Sanskrit with the singing and the voice. And she visits India yearly for a month to study both voice and Sanskrit with amazing teachers there. And she records songs, she writes her songs, she leads regular kirtan chantings and Sanskrit philosophy and meditation workshops in London. And she's the te- a teacher of the Alexander Technique. It's a psychosomatic work which explores the innate connection between mind and body. Heal one to heal both and a heightened awareness of how you move. And Sanskrit says, or Gaia says, sound comes from and returns to silence. And all movement comes from and returns to rest. And all success comes from the potential that, that can only be realized if you stop letting your mind rule and realize you have the choice, the choice to sound something pure, to sound for your well-being and for those you come into contact with. And in this episode, we cover these following topics. We talk about Sanskrit, the language and the roots, mantras, what they are, Uh, the typography of Sanskrit, what the Om Mantra truly means, the symbolics and, and the sounds. She also guides us through chakra mantras for your chakra healing. We talk about kirtan and chanting and the difference there. And Yeah, I love her music. Her music is available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. So I will link everything here. And before we start this week's episode, I just want to share that for my Swedish listeners, that between the 26th of June and 28th of June, 
I will host a summer yoga retreat with my husband out in Shambhala gatherings. It's a two-hour um, two-hour trip from Stockholm, and we will have this weekend to truly immerse ourselves into nature, deepen our yoga and meditation practice going in deeply into asanas we will also have workshops where we yeah connect with nature sharing circles and rituals and everything is included in the package accommodation breakfast lunch dinner and this will be a truly beautiful time to go into the summer and to harness the energy of the midsummer, uh, which will be a week before the retreat. So it will be a turning point and we will be midway between the spring equinox and fall equinox. So we will work with all of that. So I will link uh, to the retreat as well in the podcast description so i would love for you to join if you are in sweden and connect with me on instagram or through facebook or email if you have any questions and enjoy this week's episode hi gaia hello hello shireen hi welcome to the podcast thank you I'm so excited to be connecting with you. Oh, me too, with you. Oh, lovely. And I always start by asking the question, how do you stay mindful and present? How do I stay mindful and present? Mm. One way is I just choose right now not to think, not to think about what's just happened not even to think about what's going to happen. but for, And for me, sitting outside really helps, but also hearing a mantra within just a couple of times, hearing it, and then I can enjoy the moment more fully. Mm. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I recently discovered you and I've been listening to you every day and (laughs) I love your music it's and uh, I mean it's more than music it's yeah I can't even describe it but it's so beautiful and so inspiring and it really goes so deep into my heart and I really wanted to share your work and everything that you do with everyone who's here and listening. So maybe you can start by uh, telling the listeners who you are and what you do. And we can start from there. Oh, (laughs) I'm so happy you've been listening. That's a real joy to hear because, well, I go by the name Gaia. Mm. And the reason for that is manifold. One of them is because it has many vowels in it and the vowels in the Sanskrit language are the doorway or the portal 
not only to the feminine energy but to the Shakti as a whole in all the manifest creation. So that name meant a lot to me that it was pure vowels with the consonant G in the beginning and the mm. G stands for making a sound with our throat not just with the throat but really making sound and that is really what every single being and creature on this whole planet does without a doubt we all vibrate a sound and even if we as humans can't hear it the trees are singing the stones are singing the worms are singing every single thing is singing even this phone this um um earpiece I have in everything is ringing with a vibration so that's the first bit about me the name Gaia mm. and <laughs> that would be beautiful. where I would begin mm. that is a beautiful name and has deep meaning and how did you how did you start with with the music Sanskrit and mantras and all of that we can dive deeper into that <laughs> <laughs> well the sanskrit started when i was very young maybe around four it started officially with learning it at school but but before the age of four was hearing chants and hearing mantras from my mum and she would read some Sanskrit texts. So I had some sense, but not really much. And I wasn't connected to it as far as I knew on a mental level or a devotional level. It was purely some exposure to it. And then um, with the singing, I guess every single one of us sings. Mm. Yes. And we're always singing some song that when I was all children do and that's just something that I knew I wanted to explore and continue exploring the music and the song and it's been a long journey for as a little girl although I love to sing it was hard to connect to my voice from its core and there's been many many years of of I guess journeys with the voice and also ups and downs and tears and happiness to keep uncovering the natural voice that is within me but the first it all started really just with the exposure to song as a little girl and a really big emphasis on self-expression and singing and music at school and a big emphasis that it was for every single person, regardless of what they thought of their voice, it's, it's for everyone. Mm. Yeah, and I've heard that we, like our body responds positively to our own voice, right? So it's like healing to ourselves as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's I mm. countless examples of people I know who, who are not connected to their voice and many times they suffer from many many bodily diseases i'm not saying that necessarily directly that's the only cause but it's a big big thing in correlation to physical health of the body mm. and it really acts as a shield to be connected to your voice and 
the main thing is not to worry about how it sounds because that's in, that's immediately judging ourselves but purely purely to sound and to allow our voice to be heard especially with long long notes and something daily a daily connection to how we sound when we just not just speak but chant or sing and it has a direct impact on our health mm. yeah and just thank you for sharing and i'm really interested in since you have such deep knowledge you've been i mean you've been doing this since you were a child and like the roots of sanskrit mm. and uh, yeah that would be interesting to hear more about it's interesting that shireen that is that you chose the the name or the word roots because, <laughs> because you couldn't have chosen a better word because mm. the roots of sanskrit go so 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 deep and the very essence of the language is not a language at all but just vibrationary frequencies that then become expressed in their purest form that they can possibly be expressed in a language on earth in the sanskrit language and it has its roots way back 6000 bc plus in the ancient vedic civilizations all the way across north india pakistan afghanistan and it had influence right over to Cambodia, Thailand, Vietnam, all across that region, one of the great ancient civilizations of the world, alongside the ancient Greeks, South Americans, ancient China, Africa, Egypt. But that's where the roots of Sanskrit are, and every single Sanskrit sound or word, in turn, comes from a root. And the root from which that word comes helps you to understand the essence that the word describes. So the Sanskrit language gives us a means where we can not just see the tree, but we can really understand the seed that was planted to grow that tree. And that's how we can all become farmers. We can all understand the very soil, the culture, of ourselves as human beings and not just the the most outside part of ourselves mm. yeah that's beautiful and uh, so when maybe we can start by talking also about like what what is a mantra yeah if someone here doesn't know exactly what it means. Yes. Well, Shireen, I guess I would first have a question for you because yeah, my question would sure. be, for you, what is a mantra? I think mantra for me is a prayer. Mm. And it's, I would say, it's a tool to commune with myself and the divine which is always one so the mantras is really and also what i feel they are is like it's it's such a powerful vibration 
that creates something within me and around me that is cannot be measured from something mm. outside of us like that so i think it's really powerful mantras are really powerful for me in my practice and do you experience or could you ever say there's been something a shift or anything noticeable in your life pre mantra and in your life post mantra Yes, I one of the mantras that <laughs> I think were the most powerful. I was chanting uh, "Aham Prema" for like forty something days, yeah. like hundred and eight times every day, and yeah, that that uh, created more, much more love in my life. So that's one of the powers of of mantras that I have experienced, but also. Sometimes when chanting in groups mm. and doing that 108 times and just the Om Mantra, it really, it, you become, in, it, you shift your state of consciousness. It's really hard to explain yes. in words, but you, it's like you, you, are, you become much more than your body. You're almost not in your body. So maybe it's a, a little bit transcendental. Yes. Uh, yeah, consciousness shift. Yes, definitely. And that's incredible <laughs> that you describe that experience because the mantras contained within the Samskrita lineage, they mm. have the capacity within themselves to take you to the edge of the physical existence that we're used to and to act mm. as a bridge from the uppermost existence that we see and experience to that which is always there but that which we have less access to and less contact with purely because of the discursive mind so the mantras act as a tool like the aham prema that you mm. were sounding that's a beautiful mm. example because the very sounds of that mantra have connection with the heart but what is the heart in relation to samskrita and the heart is hridayam and the heart means the seat of consciousness so even by sounding that mantra we begin to have a shift to go gradually gradually slowly slowly not away from the mind but beyond the mind so that we can see the mind is a tool that we can use and access, but it's not that which defines us. And then we sit in another field, so to speak, where we can see everything. But even in that moment, if we don't see anything, we're experiencing purely what is. And that's the capacity of mantra to take us to that. And then eventually we let go the mantra. Then the aham prema is not even needed to be sounded anymore because your cells have received those sounds to such an extent that they carry on vibrating those sounds like an echo in a cave. And your whole body has been tuned with the mantra. And eventually... If those sounds ever did fade, then of course you can go back to tuning yourself again. But hopefully you would want to reach a point one day where a whole body was tuned to those mantras. 
and it vibrated naturally and all the sounding practices would be finished, would just become the sound. Mm. That's beautiful. And we are sound. So everything is made up of sound. So sound is so, it's more powerful than we think. And that's why also when we use our words, it also has a frequency. So it's really important what words we take in. It's like we become it and what we put out is, is infused in our surrounding as well. Yes. <laughs> so they can have so much impact. And when it comes to the practice of using these mantras, maybe we can uh, talk about both uh, uh, kirtan mm. and chanting and maybe the difference for those that are not familiar. Yes. So with kirtanam, if you were to go through what it is literally, it's literally the repetition of the divine name. So it's changed in the course of history and, and different yoga practices slightly, but, but overall that essence still remains the same. And at the heart of that practice is to be in a group repeating the names or expressions of the divine of which there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands and what makes kirtanam special is often it's it's using certain letters from the sanskrit alphabet in these names of the divine and as a whole these letters are quite soft and they're often dental and labial which are the letters and so even in your mantra you mentioned the hum prema it's using mm. mainly soft sounds and these soft sounds from the kirtanam they really act as a balm if you like uh, a soothing oil mm. to soften the hard edges from us just generally soften us and to tune us into something much gentler within ourselves. They prepare the way, if you like, and they have the capacity to raise our spirits because through the repetitive singing of the name of the divine, we get raised like that in the, mo in the kirtana practice, and often the effects can last for a few days. But the difference between that and chanting or other mantra practice is the chants and the mantras are much more personal and these will not necessarily raise you to that ecstasy or release these things in the same way as kirtana which can release all the emotions and soften and all the hard edges but mantra and chant is something if you like that stays with us in our heart of hearts and we we hear it we don't release we get to a point where we're not sounding the mantra or chant, but we almost listen out for it. And the chanting practice in a more basic sense is more rigorous than kirtana. It's more disciplined, it's more structured. You have the ways in which you want to pronounce the chants according to the tradition. And whereas kirtanam overall is free, it's freedom of expression and simply calling out from your heart the name. Mm. I hope that helps. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I think this all is very interesting. And how, so you also study the, you have been studying the reading and writing as well, as I've understood yes, it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and what, how has that been? Because may, since you started early on, it might be easier. I also was raised bi- oh, bilingual, amazing. so I have two languages. And uh, my mother's tongue is uh, oh, Kurdish. Wow. So, so when, when I watch Indian movies and li- yeah. like Hindi, it's very, yeah, we have the roots in, in, in the language, actually. A lot of words are exactly the oh, same. Oh, lucky you. They <laughs> ha- <laughs> and how did you, so, so how is also the, because if you look at the OM mm. sign, it's, it, it's beautiful mm. just to look at it. How are they constructed? Mm. Well, the, it's the, the typography of Sanskrit language is a whole world unto itself. And the, the, the mm-hmm. typography has changed over many th- over a few, a few thousand years because writing is fairly recent. But the mm-hmm. overall symbols, if you were to break them down, they're all made up simply of lines and circles. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much everything in creation. So they're, they're representing energy patterns of the different constituents of creation either in line or circular linear or circular form and what makes the om a fascinating symbol is there's no linear it's purely circular form and with that one dot which is that point where a vibration from whence all the consciousness springs that's that bindu that dot and then mm. the patterns around it are all flowing, circular, and they would just keep going in and out of each other like sacred geometry. And and just the Om sign, the different parts of it has different meaning. Maybe if the listeners want to, to look at it, can you describe the different... We yes. have the dot... Do they, they represent different things? Maybe you can explain oh, that. Yes, so well. you have the, the dot. If you were looking at it in the linguistic way, it represents the sound, mm, the nasal sound. And that in turn mm. represents that which, into which everything dissolves. So it's representing a form of tamas, that's the quality that which dissolves everything but also a form of shiva that which dissolves everything that which allows everything to um, have its natural cycle and for everything to start again and also that which contains everything and the the little the wavy line next to the main symbol that represents the u which is the force of action Mm dynamism, movement, the rajas in creation, the ability to get things done, the ability to sustain one's energy throughout the life in order to accomplish everything that we've been put on earth to do. 
and the symbol which looks like a three, the number three, which is the main body of the Om, that is sometimes said to represent the main pattern of the sound a, uh, purely unsupported a, uh, the sound that as a human, if we just drop our jaw ever so slightly without making any effort, the first sound that comes out for all of us, whatever language we speak, is this uh, and that's that sound, just simply a, uh, which represents sattva, brightness, mm. purity, and the prana you could link it with, the energy that is working through things, the creative impulse. Whenever you have an inspiration or idea, like when you wrote to me about this podcast, whatever sparked that, mm. whatever sparked you to set up everything you do and follow, follow your heart and all your teachings and offerings, all of that would be sparked simply by the sound, so that's the three parts of the om, the a, uh, the u, and the m in the typography. Mm. That's so beautiful. And when you say it like that, it's so true. Like when, when uh, I'm thinking about the uh, beginning mm. of life, like when mother is giving birth, it's yes. like a ah, right? And then the baby comes uh. out and it's also ah. Uh, so it's really like the prime, primal or primordial sound of, of our beingness. So it's really powerful. And I think just sighing out, like taking a deep breath and sighing out with that sound is so releasing as well. So it's really yes. powerful. And uh, yeah, and, and language is so interesting because there's, it's, it's strange how like so many, we have so many languages in the world and then they're all connected. Mm. But it, it's, it's so like, I can think about that sometimes when I hear a different, I've always loved languages. So I love to listen and I'm really good mm. at hearing also yeah. where languages come from because I've always, and I, I usually understand people, even if they have like a, a deep accent, uh, I can still understand what they're saying. So I think when we listen also mm. beyond the words, it's, it creates something, a deep connection. And, and the use of our voice is so important. Um, and I'm thinking also about the, uh, the different uh, mm. chakras and, uh, and how different sounds correlate with them. Because I'm thinking about maybe some of the listeners are needing to work with one of the the main mm. seven chakras that we talk about in uh, in yoga maybe you can explain the different sounds that you can chant to work with a specific oh, chakra that's so interesting 
that you bring this up because mm. at the beginning of this COVID-19 lockdown, then when everything mm. changed and all, obviously everyone's plans were left completely up in the air. And I remember the day it happened mm. and it was a huge shock just because everything was um, shifted. And the next day I asked myself or I asked, you know, whatever we, it is that we ask, what should be done by me in this situation? And the answer I got was to connect with each and every one of the chakras through sound and song and go on a journey, mm. a deep, deep journey through them all in a music meditation and then share that. So it's so interesting you're bringing it up now because because each one in itself can be tuned to its optimum capacity. And the, the connection of the Sanskrit sounds with each mantra is specifically um, in proportion to where they are in the alphabet and where they're sounded in the body. Because the whole body is the Sanskrit alphabet. And the reason you have those main chakra mantras representing each of those parts of the body is purely because those particular sounds naturally vibrate at those points and even if you tried to swap one of those mantras around it would never work if you hear if you hear these different mantras you automatically intuitively connect with where they are in the body because that's where you feel the sound so the very sound lum, it's, it's there at the base. There's nowhere else it can be. It can't be higher. It can only be there. And the sound lum, immediately moves you one step up in the body. And the, it begins with V, which is the same as you, as you really beautifully noticed. All the languages have similarities. And the V begins the word water. And that is the same beginning for this Vam. And we move up to the Ram. And this sound R is representative of fire, energy, and dynamism. And as soon as you say Ra, Ri, Ru, it takes a certain energy in the body even to produce that sound. Ram. And the R begins many energetic words in English, like ruffle, rage, release. These are all words connected with movement, with activity. So that's that mantra, Ram. And we move up to Yam. And this is the one at the heart. And even the very shape of the Y, both in English and in Devanagari script, it's a letter that holds, it even looks a bit like a cup, the way some people write it. So this Y, is the holding, the heart which holds everything. And at the same time, it's a very 
free-ish sound to sound. You're not having to use your tongue, really. You're not having to use your lips much. It's quite easy. Yum. Well, you are using your tongue, but not so much touching the teeth or the lips. It's quite gentle. And then we move up to the ha, ha, hum. And that sound is really coming direct through the throat bronchial passages. You can feel it coming from the back of the throat, the back of the breath. And that's the sound that really lives in the throat. And it's interesting that it connects with laughter because the sounds of laughter are ha, ha, he, he, hu, hu. So one tool to release the throat chakra is through laughter through freedom, through release. And then we move right up to the top. So just to recap, we went from the bottom. Lum, bum, rum, yum, hum. And now we're at, people give two different variations on this sometimes. It's either Crum. And when you sound that mantra, crum, it's very dynamic. This is the dynamism of all that energy that's moved right to the top. And if you close your eyes and sound it, it's without a doubt you will feel some light or some movement behind the third eye in the head region. That's just it's just what's happening, whether we notice it or not. Sometimes people use the mantra, um, um, which you can also feel resonating up there. And finally, they all merge into, if we're looking at the seven chakra system, So you imagine the Om at the top is holding all the other mantras underneath it like a string. All the mantras are thread on the string and Om is the top and it just so happens that that string is our body. But if the physical body disappeared, that string of mantras would still be there. It just have that sense. And then you travel all the way up from Lum Vam, Ram, Yam, Ham, Kram, Um, Om. And these mantras are all very soft sounds from the Sanskrit alphabet overall. They're not using the hardcore consonants. They're using sounds that are neither fully consonant nor fully vowel, but in between. Mm. Yeah, they are so beautiful, and I really recommend everyone to try this. And uh, I think what I notice in my yoga classes, because we chant when we start the class and when we finish the class, and what I notice is that there's there's a very... Um, 
people mm. are very afraid of of chanting so what happens is like i'm like oh like really loud you know and then i'm barely hearing yes. anyone else uh and uh, and i'm thinking but this is not no we're not performing <laughs> uh so so yeah how how would you approach we all we all relate to that so much we're all shy at some point in our lives all of us in different ways whether some of us it is with the voice whether some of us it's in big crowds whether some of us it's speaking up in front of our family um whatever it is we all have those moments but mantra and sound especially these sounds are completely and purely personal and they're very much secret if you like they're between you and yourself so when you're in that class no matter what you think of the sound if you're the person that thinks i don't i can't quite hear it or i don't quite know what it is so therefore i'm not going to do it forget that just make a mm. sound and be like a child let go of that thing in you that judges whether it's right or wrong so if you're a person with a bit with that self judgment tendency of right and wrong be a child just make a sound if you're someone that's um worried about the sound of your own voice or thinks i've never really sung and i didn't come to yoga to sing it's nothing to do with singing it's nothing to do with whether you're the same note as anyone else it's the some of the most beautiful sounds that have ever been heard or made by humans are when everyone is simply making the sound that comes direct from them in that moment whether it's husky whether it's loud whether it's soft whether it's hoarse whether you've been a smoker for 50 years and it's all croaky it doesn't matter because think of it like this hasrat inayat khan said that to obtain spirituality is to realize that every individual is one note and his or her happiness lies in in singing that one note or sounding that one note and becoming attuned with the harmony of the universe and what hazrat inayat khan means by sounding that note is simply to be yourself So just be yourself open the mouth and make a sound step over that line of fear just try it try it i know it's a big thing because i would feel the same if i had to do a bungee jump i would be so so nervous but honestly once mm. i've done that jump i feel better than i felt for years and that's how you'll feel if you begin to just try it so give it a go mm. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe starting mm. I mean if you're home and and you feel more comfortable with that like start by just tapping in to the voice at home and and start tapping into that deeper place where uh the voice comes from because the voice is just the outer manifestation mm. of something deeper in a way as well. and um, as you were explaining this i was thinking about bhakti and yeah like the devotional part behind it how has that been <laughs> um, for you well <laughs> it's growing of its own accord to tell you the truth 
the first thing that attracted me to all of this was the sound, the the rhythm and the sound of Sanskrit. And it's a bit like you explained when you were talking about your experience sounding aham prema. The more hmm. I have sounded, the stronger and richer the devotion has become because the sound is breeding it itself and my trust in the sounds is 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 growing with every day and through the sound i found i can be more devoted to my heart and whatever is my heart's message is is really the same as being devoted to a god or goddess because they're all there in the heart and mm. the flowering of devotion for me has been a, a deepening it's an ongoing thing but part of the flowering has been a deeper and more sincere sense of trust that i have everything i need to meet the situation if i can truly truly connect to, for want of a better expression for, to what's in my heart but it comes back to your question in the very beginning to the moment and what the present moment requires and that is one and the same as devotion a life of devotion but on a practical level for me personally it's to ask the question how can i serve Mm. Yeah, that is beautiful. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And when it comes to like uh, mantras, maybe you can share some like, mm. yeah, a basic mantra to start with, to practice. And um, when you say a basic mantra, be? how many words would you like it to be? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. well we have om which is very that's the most uh, yes maybe and the chakra ones are the most basic but maybe something and especially i mean the the mm. mantras can be used for different things but uh, like something that would be good mm. for us right now maybe to so something that comes to mind right now in response to your question is the first line of a famous Vedic prayer because this Vedic prayer can be divided into three mantras and each of these mantras are really mm. saying the same thing and they're asking lead me from what is unreal to what is real and this feels very poignant at this mm. time because how do we really know what's true what's real what's valid and mm. what's not true what's not real what's passing what's transitory so the thing that we all as humans desperately seek is something unchanging because if anything this whole episode might have brought up for some of us that we just can't ever have any sense of guarantee how long something will last for everything can be pulled from under your feet in the flash of a moment and when and if that happens have we got 
grounding? Have we got recourse to something that we truly understand is ever-present? And we're all, every single one of us, going to shed this body one day. And are we preparing ourselves for that, to meet that moment? So this mantra, it goes like this. It goes, Om Asatoma Sad Gamaya Om Asatoma Sad Gamaya Asatoma Sadgamaya And sounding that mantra three times whenever it comes to you, sitting still or standing still, but stopping and simply sounding it is a great one to really ground you in reality and really to begin to question what is that reality. And the sounds of this mantra are very simple. If you take away the consonants, this is all it is. So all it is is ah and o. Ah, asatoma, sadkamaya. That's a beautiful mantra. Thank you for sharing that. I will definitely sing it as well and chant it it's oh, beautiful it's a, it really is it beautiful actually. all it's from yeah. the beginning of it can be used as an invocation and also sometimes a closing of the upanishadic texts mm. Mm. that's beautiful and is there anything else you would like to share that i haven't asked you about yeah There's so much <laughs> the, the only thing is mm. i'd say don't be afraid of what is you don't be afraid of who you are and try to conform to anyone else which comes back to that question of all of our different sounds just sing your sound but that doesn't mean through singing literally it, it means when we connect with mantra it connects us also just with with what we naturally like doing or with what we're naturally um sort of drawn to so if you're drawn to growing vegetables grow them if you're drawn to um knitting knit if you're drawn to teaching teach but if you're drawn to knitting but not teaching mm. then why teach give up the teaching and just knit so it would be mm. to connect what it really is to connect to sound 
is to connect to what's vibrating strongly in you because we all need to find that which resonates with us. And if we find that which resonates with mm. us, then somehow, even automatically, the very sound we make will begin to change because we're living a life in harmony with that which is resonating with our heart's call. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And yeah, I've been listening to you on YouTube and Spotify. And how else can uh, people get in touch with you? Or, uh, so they can or get um, to listen to like you. Like you said, they're all on YouTube and Spotify, but also available many of the tracks on iTunes and Amazon and Google Play and all those digital mm. platforms and we we both met on instagram so mm. that's a, a good way yeah and, exactly oh yes and you have facebook and a website i will i will share all your links in the show notes as well so people can find it easily and are you sharing any teachings oh, now yes. that people um, can join classes um, at the, well right now working with a friend on just beginning to put together a series of classes that will be available online but until then we have some offerings which mm. um, you mentioned the website and Facebook they'll always be posted on there of a monthly chanting but um, hopefully in the next couple of months we'll be able to put some some online classes too to go with that which will help go into more depth with the sound the language and mantra mm, that is beautiful i think that would be a beautiful class oh. <laughs> and i'll definitely check that out as well so thank you so much gaia i'm so grateful that you could be here today and to share your love oh, and thank you for having me all of it's us. honestly it's always the questioner mm. that brings out everything so thank you so much thank you so much for listening to this week's episode i will truly say that if you listen to gaia her music on spotify itunes or youtube you will get so much healing it's so powerful i i just, i'm obsessed with all of her beautiful music and mantras that she's sharing and it's ancient wisdom ancient sacred just powerful sounds that are in these mantras so i'm so happy about sharing this and having Gaia here and if you want to connect with her listen to her music all of the links are in the show notes here please also leave a review on iTunes share the podcast on Facebook and Instagram for more people to connect and to heal together just spread this healing around you and we will heal as a collective as well so let's take a deep breath in through the nose 
and exhale through the mouth. Namaste.